0: Wow. Texas Tech Monday night will
1: be for the national championship welcome on welcome all to the tortillas and takes podcast part of the 1012 network you are on once again with your boy I'll be sure and talk about an ugly just muddy grinded out defensive battle with only seven guys on your team that is what we had to endure on uh, Wednesday night as the Texas Tech Raiders Red Raiders, went into Ames, Iowa to try to defeat the Iowa State Cyclones. Truly, truly shorthanded. To recap that game, I got my right-hand man that is Dylan Smythe with me. What's up, Dill?
0: Al, I don't know how we're going to break down this game or find any meaning from a game like this, but uh, that's what we're here to do. We're here to tackle that challenge, so let's let's find something.
1: Let me tell you something, Dylan. We need to get really good. We've already been pretty good at this. We need to get really good at really being able to critique ugly games. We thought games were ugly in the beard era. <laughs> Let me tell you, Mark Adams' teams will be win games or lose games in extremely ugly fashion. And in this game, before this game even was played, we didn't really get a chance to preview it because of the holiday season. But I, with seven games, the day of the game, we found out we were only going to have seven players because of injury and COVID and whatnot. Um, I thought to myself, the only chance Texas Tech has of winning this game is a complete and utter just ugliness. And that's what happened in this game. Complete utterness. Texas Tech loses 51 to 47, but in a game that no Red Raider fan should be upset about. Complete pride on this side. um We had no business being in the game. We only lost by four.
0: Yeah. And I think a lot of people, maybe some more casual basketball fans, saw the preseason rankings for Iowa State. And it's like, so what? They're not a good team. And, and I think people who have watched a little bit of basketball know Iowa State is not a bad team. They are a very good team. You know, they lost by five to Baylor, the number one team in the country. So to to be in this game, just to be in this game on the road with only seven players, I, I think you've got no moral victory you, but Alby can we take a moral victory on this one? No,
1: you can only take moral victories if you suck. But what if, if you take a moral if, victory, you're claiming that What if that you half suck. your
0: team's not playing? Nope,
1: we don't take moral victories on this side. It's an L. It's an L. Especially it's an L because we, we, we were there. We were there to win a couple minutes in the game. You're up two points. And it's one of those situations where, as a team, you need to learn how to win still. Um, I still think there's some – we we have – we those are some of those growing pains as you, you have a bunch of college kids on your team. They're going to have to continually learn how to win games, and that's a good example of it. I will say that Isaiah Brockington three-point shot or four-point play, stones. I, I, I want to give him a shout out. He was struggling in this game, and that four point play was huge. Won the game. I know a lot of people point to other things. That four point play won the game. Now Nadoni's foul right after that doesn't help, and it was a foul. I know that helped, the Hilton crowd helped help the refs call the foul, but it was a foul. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like like Nadoni was kind of begging for a foul himself, right? It, it was a foul, but it's um, that that shot was big. But that's one of those games where you cannot. Cannot give up a foul on the other end when you're already down two. You can't, you got to do things that are going to win the game. And it definitely does not help when you get a, a potential flagrant almost called on you because you went out to shoot a shot, shoot a basketball shot, a jump shot that everybody does.
0: Yeah. Um, it was funny the reaction to that foul call because A, it was a foul on Clarence Sedoni. He was all over the place. Um, but it, the whistle did come after the crowd really started harassing them. It was kind of funny. Uh, and then, Let's talk about the the, the technical on Clarence Nadalny. All, all he was doing was celebrating a basket. Now, that technical was ridiculous. Unless that, he said, yeah. maybe, who knows?
1: Maybe the ref knows French and Nadalny said something in <laughs> French that was, but maybe we don't. Well, I don't know. But from what we saw, Nadalny was just happy. Like, you can't be happy. He made a huge play. Like, he made a very big play at the moment. He was just happy. He was in his bag a little bit. And he couldn't celebrate. It's it's uh, that was another situation. And I actually think the rest did a pretty good job overall in this game. I think they called a pretty fail. Yeah, those really the only two things I can complain about is the three point shot, which was more reactionary by the ref, seeing a guy on the floor grabbing his face. And I could easily see a situation where they go to look at the flagrant foul and say, "Ah man, we really messed this one up. Can't reverse that." Ah well. <laughs> but um, the Nadoni one, I think, was really the bad, the one that's. That's true. Come on, man. A guy can't celebrate like this. Let's take it out. These are college. These are college kids celebrating a a really good play. And it was huge. It was a huge time in the game. Tech was trying to make their comeback. Um, And uh, it was just not a good call from the the, the, the ref. So if you didn't watch this game, one, you miss out on a really ugly game. Two, we've already talked about two of the bigger calls in this game, which was that technical foul and the uh, phantom offensive foul that really should have been a defensive foul. Um, but I will say, I do want to talk about just the fact, going into this game, only seven players were available. Malik Wilson, Terrence Shannon, and Kevin McCullough all were out with leg injuries. Malik Wilson has been out with leg injury for about a month now. Terrence Shannon's been with out with leg injury for a little bit, about, what, a couple weeks now himself. And then Kevin McCullough hurts his ankle the day before the game. So all three of those guys are out with injury, and then everybody else, COVID, baby. <laughs> so you only got seven players available to play in this game, you're basically playing rough shot out there. Mass subs getting trying to catch your breath as much as possible. I think Adonis Arms played 36 minutes in this game, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Davion Warren like 34. Like these guys played minutes, and definitely proud of what they've accomplished. And this is a game. Awesome. Hey, some people were texting me and saying, "Hey, what, should I bet on this game?" I would say plus four. I was like, "Yes, earn some money. <laughs> Go get some money." This is was not a game I expected to be close. Uh, but Iowa State pulled pull or Texas Tech made it close, had a shot, had the lead early in the game, but just wasn't able to pull forward.
0: Forty minutes for your guy Adonis Arms and thirty six for the Frenchman.
1: Yeah, it's these these guys were just absolutely in, like the I'm more and more impressed with Adonis Arms. Arms. Didn't have a great offensive game because, well, let's face it, nobody did. Um, but defensively, he was all over the place. Talk about the no middle defense, man! No, like they Iowa State couldn't get anything whatsoever in the paint uh like i said their best player isaiah brockington who is going to be a first team all big 12 most likely at the end of the year he was really struggling really we fr- re- re- frustrated the hell out of him in this game and he shot five for 16 but unfortunately i wish he would have shot four for 16 and maybe tech wins the game but because that three point the only three point he made all game absolute stones
0: yeah but when, when you hold the team to 15 of 49 shooting you'd hope you win that game but uh Unfortunately, the Red Raiders failed to hit their free throws, and uh six that for seemed to what that seems like something that could have made the difference.
1: Six for fifteen from the free throw line. Yikes! Uh, yeah, that and that really, when it comes to if you're questioning why Tech did not win this game, that I mean, we went three for seventeen from three, but, but let's face it, we didn't really have a single good three point shooter out. on the, Actually, let me phrase our only good three point shooter out on the floor. Kevin O'Bannon went over three. Uh, you could argue Davion Warren's a decent one as well. He went one for five. We're just This was not a game where we're going to shoot a lot of threes, but you expect to do a lot better from the free throw line. I get it that our best free throw shooters do not play in this game. That's not an excuse. It's absolutely not an excuse. Um, the only one that had was anywhere close to being good in this game, shooting three po- from the free throw line with Davion Warren, shot three for four. But um, Nadani one for four. Arms, 0 oh for two at one for two. And I think what sucks even more is that if, if it, because they weren't shooting well from the free throw line, they tried to avoid it. Not a lot of drives when they could have went to the, they could have attacked the basket because you're worried, attack the basket, get fat, he ain't gonna make the free throws anyway. So um, but uh talk just one thing last thing I want to say about this Iowa State game. Just talk a little bit more, Dylan, about just the fight that this team had.
0: Yeah. I mean, a, a, a lot of people would have, and, and I, I'm one of them wrote them off. The second I heard the news, you know, the second I heard the news is like, okay, there's no way. And so for this game to be in it with three minutes to go, you know, uh, to start down that, you know, with, I, I was say open with an 11 0 run, you know, so to come back from that and, and to make it a game with three minutes to go, you have to be impressed. Uh, the defense was outstanding. It didn't matter who was on the floor. The defense was outstanding. So this is something you can know about a Mark Adams coach team. It doesn't matter who's on the floor. It doesn't matter where you're playing under what circumstances that defense is going to be on it.
1: So one thing I do want to point out though, and maybe it's because of matchups. I don't know. Bryson Williams only played 28 minutes in this game. Um, And I do question if coaches starting to lose a little bit of faith in Bryson. Bryson had a huge three point shot in the second half. There it was really big. They were daring him to shoot it. He missed a couple in the first half and, and he was scared to shoot in the second half, but he was two point shot there, but only 20 minutes in this game and a game. We only play seven players. Um, a guy that we thought might be the best player on the team when the season for, or one of the best players on the team when the season first started. I do question if coach Adams is losing faith in him a little bit. Bacho did not play in this game. Hopefully I think he's one of the guys who's out with COVID. Hopefully he plays in the next game against Kansas. And I do question, are we seeing less of Bryson and more of Bacho?
0: I mean, we've seen that that that's been a trend for the last month. Now, if you want to look at the minutes and then, Something else to be said about Bryson Williams. It seems like every time in Iowa state did this a lot too, every time he catches the ball in the post and someone brings a double, he turns it over. It's, it's a wrap. Yeah. Like he, he has a hard time getting out of that double.
1: It's, it's it's absolutely a wrap. So that's, that's definitely the case here. And unlike other games where he's had limited minutes, he was not in foul trouble whatsoever in this game. So that was something to be on the lookout of. I was definitely wrong in this one. Um, that I thought this team would, would, would lose pretty handily considering they were short-handed. but they did fight in this game. We do not believe in moral victories unless you suck. Tech doesn't suck. Even with seven players it does not suck. No one place that doesn't suck, Gridiron Metalworks. Gridiron Metalworks is the metal home goods for the grill and patio. Uh, look, it's... it's. I know we were in the wintertime. That don't mean it's not time to still cook, not time to still grill and get... And I, and it's... it's. Listen, it's Texas. It's gonna be hot regardless. I was just in in Houston my parents' house, and it was warm as hell, all right? It was perfect grilling weather, so make sure to go to Gridiron Metalworks with promo code TAKES12, that's T-A-K-E-S-1-2. Get 15% off your first order. We're just trying to hook you up. Get that grill out popping. Get some Double T swag. Get they, Gridiron Metalworks has collegiate apparel, has grill gates with a Double T in there. You can even get some stuff for your house. Get nice little bookends with a Double T on there, right? Get you a, um, get you a spatula. Flip those burgers with that double T up on there. Uh, so make sure to go to Gridiron Metalworks again. Promo code takes twelve. Um, now, I was wrong about the Texas Tech. Texas Tech not getting blown out against Iowa State. There was other place I was wrong, Dylan. Now, I know you're not my women's basketball correspondent, but I got to address this because I've been bullied all day. All right, <laughs> Kenzie has been relentlessly bullying me all day because I predicted Tech to not just lose to ninth-ranked Texas in Austin but you get blown out. I've had a 20-point loss. The line for that game was 19 and a half. I said, take Texas with the points, okay? Um, And Coach Gerlach's team went out there and not just beat Texas, beat them like they stole something, right? They had at one point, I think it was up to a 20-point lead in the game themselves. Absolutely, just an incredible showing from the Red Raiders basketball, or women's basketball team and, and this is a team that going into this game, I, I I didn't really see a postseason in their future. Now you can. You beat a top ten team and a true top ten team, not a team that's just lucky to be there. A true top ten team on the road. I mean, we we talk a lot about quadrant wins and Q ones. I mean, is there such thing as a Q zero win? Because that's what that was. Um, I, in my opinion, the second biggest upset in women's basketball of the women's basketball season. Only one that's bigger was unranked Missouri beating the number one ranked team, South Carolina. But that was a home game, right? Tech beat UT. In Austin, in front of that Cheese and Crackers fans, uh, the, uh, fan base. And uh, an absolutely impressive win for them. Want to give them a shout out. We'll have more on that game uh, next week when we have our weekly women's basketball program. And I'm sure Kendi's going to bully me that much more in that game. But uh, absolutely tremendous showing for the Texas Tech Red Raider women's basketball team. Uh, Dylan, you got to start watching them more. You got to start paying attention. Yeah, they're, they're here, I will coming. be
0: watching every time you predict a loss for any women's program. I will be tuning in from now on.
1: I mean, you know, I we're going to talk softball a little bit later in, uh, not in this episode, but later in the year. And let's please believe I'm a slander. I'm a slander just because, you know, at this point, I'm pretty positive. Every women's athletic program has my face on a dartboard just throwing darts at it, right? Just absolutely just killing us, killing me primarily. For the way that I slander our women's. You and, scenes, both, you and me both, ladies. <laughs> you and me
0: both. Dark boards. <laughs> I, I got I mine talk, right here.
1: I talk crap and then, oh uh, uh, my goodness. Uh, so, with that, Texas Tech had seven players against Iowa State. Hopefully, we do not have seven players this weekend as we play the Kansas Jayhawks Saturday at home in the USA. We don't know who's going to be playing in this game. I mean, we're hoping that the COVID, the COVID group's going to be back, but we really don't know. Kevin McCullough is right now came has been announced as a game time decision against Kansas. No word on Malik Wilson or Terrence Shannon Jr., but they've all been questionable for each game because when it comes to injury report in Lubbock, Texas, nobody tells anybody anything. So, uh we are still on pins and needles for all three of them. Who do you think plays this weekend?
0: well and also to be mentioned how long are these these covid cases you know how how long did they start are these guys going to be clear from covid um yeah it's it's hard to predict who's going to play uh I, I thought i had heard that malik wilson was close um well malik wilson was supposed to be close for this or he was supposed to be close two right. games ago if yeah you remember. so like so like it's it's you would yeah. think that that's, that's coming. It would be really nice to have him for this game, especially if you're out uh, Kevin McCuller, because I think you know you need a true point. Nadolny filled in admirably, and, and uh, I expect him to play in this game uh, as well. Yeah, it, it's hard to predict who's going to be playing for the Red Raiders in this game. Unfortunately, it's pretty easy to predict who's going to be playing for Kansas. They're pretty much full strength.
1: Let's, you know, let me tell you something. It's I find it so funny. Everybody in the conference is just struggling with COVID right now, except for Kansas, Baylor, and Texas. Like those three teams, just all the other teams in the Big Twelve are just just ravaged with with. Uh, Texas played West Virginia the other day. West Virginia had the same. I think they only played seven players themselves. Like they were just absolutely ravaged with with, uh, COVID. And yet, here comes Texas, fully healthy, ready to go. Post post almost mutiny. <laughs> hey, <laughs> just it's uh, Texas, Baylor, and Kansas have had absolutely zero problems. It's not fair, uh, but every other team is is struggling right now.
0: Yeah, so it's uh, not a great time to be playing Kansas of all teams in the Big Twelve. But we've said it before: it doesn't matter who you're playing in the Big Twelve.
1: So one thing I'll say about Kansas is. Kansas likes to go through stretches without scoring. They have a lot of good, pl- a lot of talented players. Listen, Ogbaji, he was my pick to be Big 12 Player of the Year in the preseason. I'm still going to hold true to that. I still think he, as of this point, should be my is still going to be my pick for Big 12 Player of the Year because he's still a beast, still puts up a lot of points. I think he averaged like something like 16 points a game already. Um, he is going to the NBA next year. I don't doubt it. And he's one of the big reasons why I think Kansas is still an national championship contender. Excuse me. They got guys that put the ball in the basket. Christian Braun, another really good one. Remy Martin, another good one. Um, these these They're guard-heavy, and they get out, they run, they can shoot, they can score. Really good players. However, they go through droughts. Each of the last three games, they've gone through a considerable drought without scoring. And guess which team loves to put the other team in droughts? The Texas Tech and Red Raiders. It doesn't Raiders. matter who's on we the just floor. just thought- saw <laughs> yeah, we just saw it against Iowa State. We saw it against the game that we lost. Even Gonzaga game, we saw it in that game where there was a, a, a little drought where Gonzaga could not score. In the Providence game, we saw in the drought. And then Tennessee, the drought was the entire game. <laughs> so Texas like we like putting the other team in droughts where they can't score. And Kansas likes being in droughts themselves. This could help. Now, what ha- happened in the last game against Oklahoma State was Kansas went nine minutes without scoring. Let Kansas or Let Oklahoma State get back into the game. And it was close at halftime. And then in the second half, Kansas was Kansas and and won the game steadily. The difference here is that when Texas Tech likes to put the other team in a chokehold, is in the second half. And I personally believe that if Texas Tech and if Oklahoma State and Kansas were in, had that nine-minute stretch where they did not score, Kansas did not score, Oklahoma State probably wins that game. If that same thing happens in Lubbock. Texas Tech has a really good shot at winning this
0: game. So here's the other thing that happened in that Kansas-Oklahoma State game. After the first half, Kansas shot 70% from the field in the second half. So yes, they they go through their droughts, but these guys can also score some buckets. David McCormick had a career high in that game. Ochai Ogbaji is averaging not 16, but 20 points this year. Uh, I, I think he's probably the favorite to be defi- uh, Big 12 Player of the Year as well. You mentioned Christian Braun. This, uh, this team can get buckets. I think they're according to Kim Palm, like a top five offensive team in the country. You're right. They do go through droughts. We're going to need a few of them if we want to try and beat this Kansas team. But, boy, these guys could score. And, and David, McCormick, David McCormick is a big we've struggled with.
1: Yeah. No, but here's what I'll say, though, is that bigs have struggled against Tech this year. I, I cannot think right now of a big that has been able to really go off against Tech. Um, and li- we thought the no-middle madness was there before. It is here and alive right now. That Iowa State game, nobody was able to get anything in the middle. Drives were hard to come by. Big man trying to get in the middle with stuff. I think McCormick's not going to have a good game. He's not going to have fun in this game whatsoever, especially if we get Daniel Bacho back from COVID. Daniel Bacho is the main guy that was uh, had COVID protocol that I'm excited to see back, hopefully, in this game. I mean, there was also Sadar Calhoun was in it. Um, I know Temperman was also apparently in it, as was Buzo Agbo. But but Daniel Bacho is the guy that I'm very excited to see back because Bacho has had the luxury. He's very long, has the luxury, of not necessarily dealing with so many big men. McCormick's a big guy. He's bulky. So he's, he's going to want to beat up. But here's the thing is that you're, with McCormick, you're going to have to deal with the length of Bacho. And then when you sub out Bacho, you got Santo Silva right there as well. So have to, You got power in Santos Silva, length in Bacho. I'm not too worried about McCormick. The guy I'm actually worried about is Mitch Lightfoot. I know you're looking at Mitch, Mitch Lightfoot. Who the hell are you talking about? Listen, Mitch Lightfoot comes off the bench. I think he started a couple games this year already, but comes off the bench primarily. Your stats don't excite you. He don't do nothing much. He only like putting up six points a game, three rebounds. Yeah, he don't do nothing. You just he's just a, you know you're all you're 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 lanky white guy. What does it matter? Because I'm gonna use buzzwords here. He is a uh, uh, what what the, what do they used to call it? A street dog, Jim he, he, high energy. High energy player. He really goes out after the dives, after the loose really balls. Really scrappy. All the buzz, real scrappy, all the buzzwords you use for your your untalented white guys, Mitch Lightfoot has it. And Mitch Lightfoot, I think, is the guy that we've gotten burned a couple times this year already with that guy off the bench that just has the game of his life. And I think Mitch Lightfoot is going to have that game in this game. I expect him to put up double digits just being scrappy, being that go-getter, being that guy that goes after it. Um, and whether, especially if McCormick struggles in this game, like I think he will, if McCormick struggles in this game, Bill Self might just say, "Hey, this is not the game for you, McCormick." Lifefoot, you're gonna get these minutes, and Lifeless can, can easily put up 12, 14 points with six to eight rebounds on himself, and that's the guy that I think may kill us. And if it's not one of them, it's gonna be one of the chosen three, which is Agbaji, Braun, and Martin. What I'm another thing I'm scared of is those guys. Each of them put up shoot over 35% from three.
0: And I think what's what are we sh- what's troublesome when you mention that trio, Texas Tech is really good at taking away your top threat, right? So let's say we take away Agbaji. They got two other I think we will. solid weapons.
1: Yeah, I, and I think we will take away Agbaji. We we do that very well. So Akbaji may not have a good game, but then Braun puts up a 20 piece. Like that that don't help us. <laughs> and especially since we got and we saw in the Gonzaga game, we're gonna give you some threes. We do a really good job of clock, of blocking the middles so where you can't get in. And, but we're going to give you a chance to get threes. What we're hoping in is we frustrated you so much, and we saw it in the Tennessee game, where Tech frustrated the other players so much that they're just frustrated. Now they're just jacking up shots. you are rushing shots because you're just scared that somebody's going to be in your face. And that's what happened against Tennessee. That's what happened against Iowa State. Zay Brockington, even though he made that amazing shot uh, in Iowa State, was frustrated the entire game, was really struggled to shoot in the, in the entire game. And I think that's what's going to happen in this game. But the problem is that once they get – once you. We'll let you get hot. And if you get hot, it might be it might be curtains.
0: Yeah, and, and you mentioned it. They got a few guys who can hit from downtown. So if they're hitting from downtown and we're struggling to defend the perimeter, then that's the recipe for a long night.
1: So who must play a really good game on the Texas Tech side for us to get a W in this one?
0: Boy, can, can I say Kevin McCuller, even though we don't know he's going to play? Uh,
1: <laughs> it has to be somebody we're pretty sure is going to play. I don't think he's going to He's a game-time decision, but
0: Yeah. Adonis Arms. I mean, I think Adonis Arms was the only reason why we were in it in the first half against Iowa State. We had no offense for the first, I don't know, 10 minutes. I think we scored 8 points or something in the first 10 minutes, and Adonis Arms was, I think, 6 of them. Uh, I think Adonis Arms, not only offensively, he grabbed a boatload of rebounds. He had 3 steals in the first half. I think he's a guy who can kind of do it all for you, so...
1: I'm gonna go ahead and say it. Adonis Arms is our best defender. I'm gonna go ahead and put that out there. I'm, I'm, you know, I've I've been thinking about this for a little bit now. It's funny because Kevin McCullough last year was bone of our best defender. And it wasn't really a question about it. And it's now he might be our fourth or fifth. Like it's kind of crazy. Like, Clarence Adoni, though, he's not great offensively. You know, he he's kind of a bull in the china shop. Uh, he he'll run around. He's an energizer bunny and all that other stuff. And he really is turnover prone. Defensively, he's in your face, right? And it's gonna be a struggle. It's funny that all the people that got got hurt or COVID was a big problem offensively, but we didn't have, we other than the color, we got all our studs defensively. Davion Warren played defensively. Karis Madolny, Karis Madolny is crazy defensively. Adonis Arms is crazy defensively. And I think Adonis Arms is going to have a really big day. He's probably the guy that I would match up against Agbaji and say, hey, go out and get him, see what you can do. Um, so I'm very excited to see what he does. And you're right. Ever since he started getting the start for uh, Terrence Shannon, He's played well offensively. He's done a really good job offensively. So um I'm I yeah, I I also got Adonis Arms. I think I we're gonna need him, especially if we're in another situation where we only really got what eight, nine players and, and our big three or our big two, I should say, Kevin McCullough and Terrence Shannon are both out. We're gonna need his offensive firepower. Davion Warren's gonna try to do it. He's gonna probably put up eleven shots like he did last game, but we need efficient offensive firepower. We need that to be Adonis Arms.
0: And hopefully if it starts with Adonis Arms, then people like Kevin O'Banner get some easy looks out of it.
1: I know that uh, Kenzie has been waiting, waiting for Kevin O'Banner to make some noise. He did not come here to be a role player. We are still waiting for Kevin O'Banner to show us what he can do and be that go-to guy. We need it. We need it, my man. All right. So, final predictions. Dylan, who you got?
0: Kansas. I mean... uh... We have a habit of, of being wrong, and, and I hope I am because I would have picked Iowa State if we, we were doing this last week. So hopefully I'm wrong in picking Kansas, but I think the offensive firepower is too much. I think the uncertainty of who you're going to be playing with, how that week of practice happens, too, when you don't even know who's available to practice with. Yeah, I, unfortunately, I think it's Kansas. Too much.
1: Going with Kansas, huh, Dylan. You know, I just, you're a smart man. You're a smart man, Dylan. You study the game of basketball pretty well. Um, You know your stuff. Talk a lot about it. You know your stuff. You know all the whole Kansas, you know, Texas Tech roster. You're right. I mean, they match up really well against us. And you have every right picking Kansas. But I'm going to pick Texas Tech. I'm going, and maybe, who knows? I I try to be as realistic as possible. Maybe I'm being a little bit of a homer here. I don't know. I'm picking Texas Tech. I'm going to tell you why. Kansas should be feeling pretty good about themselves. They had a nice little win streak. Beat a pretty good Oklahoma State team on the road. Feeling real good and snazzy. Feeling real, real confident in themselves and what they're in their abilities. Uh, then you come into Lubbock. This is going to be the first real conference home game. I expect Raider Riot to be back. I expect Raider Riot to be back. I expect the crowd to be back. Uh, and this is, they are going to be rocking. I expect that weird white guy swag surf to be just rolling back and forth. Right? You know, I, I expect it. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy in there, right? You know, the first time they play, boy, I got that swag. and We're only down two in the second half. It's going to be lit. And I expect that momentum to carry forward. I think the crowd, I think the team is going to – a lot of these players haven't played against a real Texas Tech, Tech crowd. We had a decent crowd in non-con. It doesn't compare to conference season, right? And having that support, I think, is going to propel Texas Tech to victory in a game that they make ugly. I, I thought before that game, like I said earlier in the episode – that it had to be ugly for Tech to win. And a game, uh, for, it, for it to be close, Tech made it ugly. I think they make this game extremely ugly. I don't expect a big game from agbaji I do not expect a big game from uh, McCormick, right? I do think Braun and, and Lightfoot might kill us, but I I think that there's going to be something there. Give me Texas Tech to win the game in a close one. But Texas Tech, Tech to win it. Also, maybe some of me saying that we play Baylor at Baylor next, and I really don't want to go own 3 in conference. That could be it, too. But we're going to need some upsets somewhere. We need more Q1 wins. We only have one right now. Give us a second.
0: Tell you what. You've talked me into Texas Tech covers whatever the spread is. Because I do think the crowd is going to provide some much-needed energy. I think Kansas will not be prepared for that crowd. So I think there could be a difference there. But Enough to cover, maybe not enough to win.
1: All right, well let's let's see what that is. The spread that can't be right. Oh,
0: that's fine. I don't see a spread yet, at least not on ESPN. Okay, so we decided there is no line, but I don't care what it is. I'm taking the under whenever it comes out. Pencil me in. Taking the under. Wait. Oh, that's a. (laughs) Dang it, Jeremy! (laughs) What have (laughs) you done to me?
1: I think you mean you're taking Texas Tech with the poor – you're taking Texas Tech to at least cover. Yes. Yeah, taking Texas – yeah. <laughs> For those that don't know, uh, Jeremy's not much of a gambler. So when we talk about these things, I asked him – we were talking about the Texas Tech-Iowa State game the other day, and I said, well, what are you uh, – I told him to spread, and Jeremy was like, yeah, I'd take that under. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> what does that mean, sir? <laughs> So, uh, uh, even when Jeremy's not here, we still make fun. Uh, it's not going to matter. It's not going to matter. So, Dylan, the big hater, choosing Kansas to win this game. Your boy, Big Al, choosing Texas Tech in the upset. It's upset season. The women just beat ninth-ranked uh, Iowa State. The men, if we want to stay ranked, we can't lose two games in a week. So, so we I, I got us... Win, beating Kansas at home a would be a huge win for the program. Huge Q1-win. And, you know, it'd be a, really, one of, it'd really put the rest of the Big 12 on notice that Texas Tech is still here. So that'd definitely be a good win as well. So anything else you want to say to the people, Dylan?
0: No. I guess not. I was trying to think of something clever and nothing happened, so I'm not clever.
1: <laughs> I guess not. Um, so... <laughs> Texas Tech, this is – look, we with Oklahoma State game being postponed, we kind of got screwed with the scheduling. We start off three games against three of the top 12 teams in the country. Um, and uh, despite only being having seven players, we did lose to Iowa State. And so now we have another tough battle. Another tough battle now against sixth-ranked Kansas at home, but still sixth-ranked Kansas. And we have a game at number one, Baylor, next week. Got to win one of these three. I think it's going to be this weekend – home against Kansas. I pray that it's this weekend home against Kansas because I don't know about that one in Waco. So, for Dylan, our producer extraordinaire, this is Albie Short, and you've been listening to Tortillas and Takes Podcast, part of the 1012 Network, as always. Stay wrecked, people.